0: In Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: People who are not Christians cannot understand God's Word shouldn't expect them to you don't expect people who are not Christians to live like Christians because they're not Christians and no matter what you say they can't obey God they don't have it in them the only reason you can obey God is because you have the spirit living in you because before you had the spirit living in you you couldn't obey God and nobody could tell you anything different you can't even understand the things of God what do you mean Rodney First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because what they are spiritually discerned. The natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit. Now, in contrast to living in the flesh, when you're living in the spirit, you have a fresh frame of mind. If you gave your life to Christ, are you listening? If you gave your life to Christ last week, do you know the moment you gave your life to Christ, the spirit of God was deposited in your life, and now you have a fresh frame of mind, like a new hard drive. You get me? You know, you get your hard drive clean. It's all fresh. Now you can put stuff on it. You can put God's word in your mind now. You've got a fresh frame frame of mind, a new course toward righteousness, a desire to conform to Christ. When you're living in the spirit, you go from being an enemy with God to being an adopted child of God. When you're living in the spirit, you become spirit empowered. And the same spirit, watch this, that raised up, fast forward to verse 11, the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you. Yesterday Elvira and I were just sitting on the couch It was kind of a cloudy day And we're just chilling Just got the word out And I started reading this And I thank God for the Holy Spirit And I thank God that every time you read the word You get something different out of it I've been teaching the Bible for 20 years The stuff I'm reading I'm going I did not know that was in there And these are books I've already taught by the way And I'm going wow Man that's in the Bible Look at that Where would that come from been there for 2,000 years. Oh, I could have had a V8. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you don't really get it. Am I the only one that like see stuff and it's like they didn't? All right, three people. Amen. Amen. That's great. I'm reading the Bible with a fire yesterday and I'm reading verse 11 and then look at it. Fast forward. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give your life. Your life, your mortal body, give you life through his spirit. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in God's people. That's powerful. God's word. That's awesome. You take, take a minute and let that marinate. I'm awake. It's amazing. The same spirit. And get this. That same spirit, the Bible says, get this, talking about the spirit of God, the spirit of God, according to verse 11, raised Christ from the dead. We know from the scriptures also that God, the father raised Christ from the dead. Jesus said of himself, destroy this temple in three days and I will raise it up from the dead. What we have and what we learn from scripture is that Jesus is God. What we learn from scripture is that the father, the son and the Holy Spirit all work together synergistically it's your word for the day. together in raising Christ from the dead. Jesus is God. Look at verse nine. Look at this Look at this point. This blew me away yesterday. Look at verse nine. You're looking at it. Say, I'm looking at it, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed watch this, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of who Christ, What do we have? What is this, Rodney? It is a very clear declaration of the deity of Jesus Christ. Paul makes it clear. The spirit of Christ and the spirit of God are the same. Thus making Jesus Christ God, if you understand, say amen. Amen. Interesting little nuggets, pearls that we uncover as we study and as we read the scriptures. So Paul says to be carnally minded in verse six is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That word carnal mind. If you take notes and you're writing in your Bible, you can write this in a margin. It literally means fleshy or fleshly mind. A carnal fleshly person is someone who lives for their flesh and by their flesh. Well, Not only can people be carnal, but get this. Whole churches can be carnal. Did you know that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth? First Corinthians was written because the church in Corinth was carnal. They were fleshy. They were nuts. They were out of control. They had people speaking in tongues and division and interpretations and everybody was doing all kinds of crazy things. They were coming to the table of the Lord and taking communion and just eating the bread and drinking the wine and getting drunk. And Paul said, what, don't you have any food at home? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Paul said, you need to go home and eat. They were nuts. Paul said you are carnal. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal as babes in Christ. Paul says I couldn't talk to you as spiritually mature people because you are fleshly and you act like spiritual babies in the church. And then in Galatians in the book of Galatians, the church of Galatia, some of those churches in the region of Galatia were carnal as well. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, "O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit are you now being made perfect in the flesh?" the church in Galatia was carnal because they kept trying to lean back on the law. They kept trying to go back under the law. And Paul said, going back under the law is fleshly going back under the law is carnal to be carnally minded. The scripture says is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's the contrast, death and war, life and peace. The result of living according to the flesh is death and hostility. The result of living according to the spirit is life and peace. Saints, listen, God wants to give people life and peace. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And what that more abundantly? Don't y'all know that Jesus said, I came to give you life and what he came to give us life and peace. And I'm amazed. Get this. I'm amazed. that I don't understand why people are so angry with Jesus. I don't understand why people don't accept this message. This is the best message the world has ever heard. That Jesus came to give life. I challenge you, go over to the mall, do some more witnessing. Go tell people, walk up to them and say, you know what? Hey, I got, I got to tell you something. I, I've discovered UFOs. People will listen. You tell people, oh, I've got a new diet, all fat diet. People will go, really? Tell me more. (laughs) I'm an all-carbohydrate diet. Oh, I've got the newest, latest nip, tuck, and stretch. You will look like a new person. People will listen. You tell them, oh, i got the new realization, the new meditation. You can go up on the mountain and study your navel (laughs) and become like, God, really? Tell me more. You walk up to them and say, you know what? I want to tell you about Jesus who came to give you life and peace. They're out of here. They don't want to hear that. Why? Why don't they want to hear it? Because listen, first of all, I'll tell you why. Number one, because there's power in the name of Jesus. Number one. Number two, because Jesus name means savior and savior. Watch. This means the S word sin and sin means the D word. Death and death means the H word and it ain't heaven. (laughs) Death means hell And, and, and hell. The H word means the R word repent and people don't want to repent. And Jesus said it like this in John chapter three, verse 19, Jesus said in this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men agape, Darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You see, the reason they won't come to the light, the reason why they reject this message is because their deeds are evil, because they know and everyone knows. Listen, if you come to Jesus and give your life to Jesus, that means your evil deeds will be brought to the light. If you give your life to Jesus and you come to him, it is a declaration that you are a sinner and you need forgiveness. And the carnal mind wants nothing to do with that. That's why the carnal mind is death. The carnal mind is enmity. The carnal mind is antagonistic toward God. Look at verse 7 again, will you? Paul says the carnal mind. Did you notice in verse 7 I had you, I pointed it out. Look at verse 7. The carnal mind is enmity. You see that? I want you to notice he didn't say the carnal mind is at enmity. He said the carnal mind is Enmity. This word enmity literally means the extreme ill will or hatred toward your enemy. Extreme ill will or hatred toward your enemy. Paul didn't say the carnal mind is at enmity. He said the carnal mind is enmity. In other words, listen, listen, you got to get this. It's this strips away to say the carnal mind is enmity strips away any possibility of somebody saying, listen, I'm not opposed to God. I'm not against God. I mean, God, he's all right. I mean, I I don't dislike him and I don't like him. I mean, Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean I ain't got nothing against God. I mean to me and the man upstairs. I mean he does this thing, I do my thing, and we don't fight and we got no enmity, we've got no ill will toward each other. Listen, you may not have nothing against God, but God has something against you. People stand back and say, well, you know what, I'm I'm just good with God. Everything's like you're a Christian. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's good. You're a Christian. But, you know, I don't have anything wrong with God. Listen, the Bible says that you are at war with God. If you're not a believer, the carnal mind is enmity toward God. You know, we think that we're standing in the middle. You're never standing in the middle. Not when it comes to the gospel. Are you listening? You're never standing in the middle when it comes to the gospel. The carnal mind is enmity toward God. The Prince of Preachers, C.H. Spurgeon, said it like this. He said, it is not at enmity, but enmity itself. It is not black, but blackness. It's not corrupt, but corruption. It's not rebellious, it's rebellion. It's not wicked, it's wickedness itself. It is not just deceitful, it's positively deceit. The carnal mind is against God. And so they that are in the flesh, look at verse 8 in your Bibles, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. No matter how many trees they hug, no matter how many spotted owls they save, no matter how many jerry kids they help, No matter how many hospitals you build, you cannot please God in the flesh. I don't care if your mother, Teresa herself, you go to Calcutta and lay your life down for all the people of India. If you don't know God, the Bible says your fleshly efforts cannot please God. Now, here's why. Simply this. Here's why. Because if you try to please God in your flesh. In the things that you do in your religious activity, you are saying to God, your sacrifice of your son was not enough. You're saying to God, well, you know what? Jesus died and all that. But you know what? I got to add something to that. Danger will rob us (laughs) in danger. You can't add anything to the grace of God. Remember, grace is the equation. Grace plus nothing equals salvation. And you start saying, well, Jesus died plus this. You're telling God the death of his only begotten son wasn't enough for you. So you have got to add something to this whole salvation thing? Not. That's why your fleshly efforts cannot please God. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. But you're not in the flesh. Somebody say amen. You're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells. In you notice that in other words, listen, and then goes on to verse nine. Look at the rest of verse nine. Put my glasses on. Look at the rest of verse nine. Now, if anyone doesn't, does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his saints. Listen close. In other words, if you don't have Christ in you, you don't belong to Jesus. In other words, Every single believer has the Holy Spirit and every single non-believer does not have the Holy Spirit. Now, I bring this to your attention because I think what's going on, give me your attention and listen close. I think what's going on in the church is the church has divided Christians into two categories. Spirit-filled Christians and non-spirit-filled Christians. I've had people ask me. They say, "Oh, are you pastor of church?" Yeah, and they'll say, "Oh, are, are you a spirit filled church?" And I go, "Duh, uh, yeah, uh, as if." What do you mean to my spirit filled church? Now listen to me close. When people ask you are you spirit filled? What they're really asking you is do you speak in tongues? Do you, does the church prophesy? Is there interpretation? Are the visible manifestations of the gifts of the spirit flowing and operating during this course of the church services? That's what they're asking you when they ask you are you spirit filled? Because listen, if you're not spirit filled, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. What, where, where does this term spirit-filled come from anyway? You look through the Bible, you look through church history, and you do not find the early church referring to each other as spirit-filled believers. Why? Because everyone understood that if you don't have the spirit, you don't belong to him. And what has happened in the church is we have tried to get Christians to be spirit-filled who were already filled Listen, I'll tell you something. The moment you got saved, you got saved last week and you're here or whenever you got saved. When you got saved, God gave you all the spirit you ever gonna get. I'm going to wait. And let me help you with one more thing. And you get no more. Don't you? God doesn't like dole out the spirit. Like some people get a quarter cup of spirit. Some people get a half cup of spirit I got a whole cup <laughs> I got filled man if God doesn't dole out the spirit Like you know He could give you a little bit Give you a little bit Give you a little bit Listen When you got saved You got all the spirit You ever gonna get And then It's that same spirit That's able to keep you By the way The same spirit That raised up Christ from the dead The same spirit is able to keep you on the earth And it's that same spirit That's able to get you to heaven You could get no more spirit and the church has not understood this, and so for years now, maybe you can relate they 've had what they call tarrying services. Somebody wave at me if you know what i 'm talking about all right all right i 'm gonna preaching them five people listen don 't y'all remember this. Tarrying services, what is that, Rodney? Tarrying services are, listen, it's almost like the church gets together, and and, and if you praise loud enough, you pray hard enough, and you wait long enough, somehow, God, you will impress the Lord, and he's going to send the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that he's going to show up. So they tarry, and they wait on the Spirit. You don't have to tarry and wait on the Spirit. As soon as you say, Jesus, come into my heart, the Holy Spirit Descends. Jesus said, I ascend and I'm sending the spirit. And at that moment, you're as born again as you're ever going to be. And if you don't have the spirit, you don't belong to Christ. We're born again. We're filled by the spirit. Now, what does that mean, Rodney? Practically, listen, I leave you with this question or with these, this question and these answers. <laughs> I'm a preacher. What am I say? <laughs> what do you want me to do? The question, what does it mean practically? What does it mean to be filled with the spirit? Let me tell you what it's not first. It doesn't mean you walk around and think holy thoughts all day long and talk to God with your head in the clouds. And oh, I'm just so filled with the spirit. You know, I was talking to a brother just last week and he was telling me that a sister that was working for him, she, um, you know, she uh, you know she felt that she was uh, she was spirit filled believer and uh, she didn't want to come to work. I'm trying to be careful to protect the innocent and and she didn't w- want to come to work because she had to go to church because she was you know spirit filled believer. She felt the spirit was leading her to go to church from eight to twelve when she was supposed to be at work and she did that a couple times and she just at some point she just stopped working and started getting in the word and reading the Bible and praying. So he told me, he said, I had to tell her, look, if you feel like the Lord is leading you to be with him, then I'm going to give you all the time you need to be with him. (laughs) (laughs) You can just be with him all the time. If that spirit feels you need to be with him, you might blow up. What I mean, (laughs) you're a liability. What you want me? I don't know what to do with you. That's not being filled with the spirit. Listen, being filled with the spirit. Listen, if you're being led, you're being filled with the spirit. That number one means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Number two, it means to be obedient to God's word. If you're truly filled with the spirit, you'll be obedient to God's word. Number three, being filled with the spirit has everything to do with, watch this, how you love people. I have been in services and perhaps somebody can be a witness I've been in services where there was commotion and emotion going on. Folks was jumping around, slaying in the spirit, speaking in tongues, swinging from the ceilings, barking like dogs, clucking like chickens. In the spirit. As soon as they were done with the spirit, church services over those same people who all this emotion will walk right by you, not even speak to you. Oh, but you filled with the spirit. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Hold it, partner. If you are truly filled with the Spirit, let me see some love. Jesus said they're going to know you disciples. Somebody help me. They're going to know you disciples by your love one for another. Galatians chapter 5 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is no evidence that you are filled with the Spirit because you speak in tongues. That's one of the many gifts of the Spirit. I had a whole teaching on that. Isn't that a shameless plug? You know, you fill the spirit. You love people. Secondly, you with the spirit. You exalt Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 15, right about verse 26. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. Don't you know, it's the Holy Spirit's job. I know I'm a few minutes late. Give me a second. Don't you know, it's the Holy Spirit's job. To cause you to worship Jesus. Not to worship him. Interesting. If a person is truly filled with the spirit, if a church is truly filled with the spirit, they'll be talking about when the service is over, folks will be walking out the door, talking about Jesus, lifting up the name of Jesus, not the spirit. I've walked out of services and it was the spirit was high. Oh, did y'all feel the spirit? Everybody's hold the spirit. The spirit is so cool. The goosebumps all over the spirit. All is spirit. And don't misunderstand me. We are dependent on the Holy Spirit. I by no means am taking anything away from the work and the power and the presence and the authority of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Please don't misunderstand. But the Holy Spirit himself's job, Jesus said, was to point you to Jesus. So you're going, oh, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. And the spirit is saying, no, worship Jesus, worship Jesus. No, this way, this way, worship Jesus. If the spirit's job is to cause us to cry out to him, to Jesus, to talk about Jesus. And if you're truly filled with the spirit, then, hey, hold on to the tongues. And let me see you love people. Let me see you obey God's word. Let me see you just obey the Lord in very simple things. God tells the spirit of God tells you to call somebody, pick up the phone and call them. That's what it means. Be led by the spirit It's very practical. Saints. It's not all this high stuff that we can't get it. We just can't get it. We can't can't be like them. It's not like that. God has given us his word. And it's very practical. He's given us all things that pertain to life and Godliness. It's right here. It's right here. It's very practical. It's right here. You obey God. He tells you to send somebody an email and encourage them in the Lord. Do that. That's being controlled by the Spirit. You understand? God tells you take Pastor Rodney out for dinner. Buy me something to eat. <laughs> Do You understand? It's just a practical thing. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all I'm trying to help you with to understand that this spirit living thing is done by him in us. And we just begin to walk in the spirit. Walk. That's a run, not a run in the spirit, but a walk in the spirit, not a crawl in the spirit, but a walk in the spirit. And you are filled with the spirit. And you keep on walking in the Spirit. And the same Christ, the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, will be the same Spirit as you keep walking. Someday Jesus is coming back. And the same Spirit is going to get you to heaven. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.